0: I'm Rebecca Hamilton, author, artist, photographer, and entrepreneur.
1: And I'm Chad Hamilton, marathon runner, podcast host, and addictions advocate.
0: We're back for season four of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. And let's just say that we've scrapped a lot more than just the sweet talk since we have talked to you last.
1: Yeah, that's right. We've scrapped our entire bakery business altogether. After over a decade of growing Chick Boss Cake from the ground up, building it to over a million in sales, and investing all of our time, money, and energy into it, we decided to close it down.
0: Let's just say we've grown into completely different people than the kids we once were when we started it, And ironically, we've both developed a passion for living a healthy lifestyle that does not align with running a sugary, processed food, dessert empire.
1: It's hard to believe we ended up here.
0: It is. And this season, we're talking all about change.
1: That's right. You know, it's so much easier to keep doing what you've always done and way more difficult to let go of comfort and step into the unknown. That's for sure.
0: Welcome to Season 4 of Scrap the Sweet Talk Podcast, where we hope to inspire you to challenge societal norms, old beliefs, and realign to become your most authentic self. Let's do it. Today on the podcast, we are talking about consumerism, and I want to like break it down for people? Because when you say the word consumerism, not everybody really knows what that actually means. So why don't, can you just dumb it down? Like what consumerism actually is in like very obvious terms?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So if you think about consumerism, um, it's basically the ways in which companies around the world market to us and uh, prey on our feeling and emotion surrounding why We think or feel that we need that product or service.
0: Yeah. And so consumerism is basically. Our personal like consumption of those products that Chad's talking about were being marketed to and told that we need and cannot live without, especially on social media now with a lot of social media marketing. And uh, I've been in the marketing and advertising um, business with my previous business, Chick Boss Cake. That's what I did there until I could no longer market and advertise because I didn't believe in the product we were selling. And sugar is just not something that I want to be um, associated with or be a part of. So, yeah, yeah, very interesting transition going on. And as much as uh, our healthy lifestyle was a really big catalyst to closing the business, also our ways of consumerism and perception of marketing and advertising And our personal lifestyle of living more of a minimalistic lifestyle and being really intentional with things that we purchase or consume has really drastically changed over the last few years as well. So yeah, let's get into it. This is a really good topic and it applies to everyone. And I think the value that you'll get out of this episode is how to not how to not want anything, but how to not want everything. And I think that's something that's so relatable, especially um, with my generation and uh, a lot of the younger generation too, where we have like endless products being marketed to us All day, every day on social media, and we have access to things like Amazon where you get shit delivered to your door the next day. Um, It's pretty easy to get caught up in, uh, you know, this consumerism rabbit hole of never having enough and always wanting more. And it leaves you feeling icky and guilty and subconsciously, it makes you just feel like crap. And I'm just speaking from experience, my personal experience, because um, I used to order Amazon like every single day between like my home and my bus- my four stores uh, business that I had. And so Amazon was like coming to our door every single day so i really had to retrain myself and my intentions of what i buy and why i'm buying it because the purpose of why you buy things is almost more important than what you're buying in the first place i would say so what are what's your thoughts on consumerism
1: yeah no um so i to to circle back let's let's talk about how we kind of got involved in this so um you know we we're typical business owners, uh, you know, just grinding away. We're obviously working, you know, dust till dawn. We're motivated by money like any business owner would be. Um, and it got to a point where we realized that, you know, this, we're on this treadmill to more, right? And so yeah. uh, if you think about treadmill to more, what does that mean? It means that th- th- it never ends, right? And so it's, it's like you think about somebody who has, you know, a $20 million home and they have a... You know half a million dollar car and they have all these things and then you know they're broke and it's all for show right and it's like that that lifestyle is so difficult to maintain because it never ends it's like you know you you ask millionaires what their goal Oh, I want to be a billionaire you ask a billionaire and they're like oh well this guy's got um, you know 10 billion I only got 5 billion so it, it it just never ends and and the you know until you actually interject yourself and go wait a minute like, what is it that I'm doing here? What's the purpose? What's the meaning? Do I really need this? Do I not, right? And so we we had a lot of self-reflection, you and I, over the last couple of years. And we started to realize that like, you know, there were times where, you know, our business was rocking and rolling and we're buying everything. And then, but we're not feeling fulfilled. And then it was like, okay, well, I thought this is why we're doing it. And then it was like, you know uh well then if that doesn't matter then then why are we doing this and then oh yeah we're also selling sugar and we don't need sugar and so why does that um how does that fit into this this way of living and so all these things are, are really kind of hitting a, a head headboard and, and, and this oxymoron situation was happening where you know we it, nothing was we basically had a crisis of it all right and so um Anybody who's watched the, um, you know, minimalism documentary on uh, Netflix or YouTube. Why don't you just uh, tell people will,
0: that we watched it like years yeah, ago and it went in, way over our in. head and we were, we didn't even remember anything yeah. of watching it. Yeah. So
1: this <laughs> is, and I'm sure people out there can relate to this. You ever watched something many years ago, think that the concept is, is ridiculous or weird, you know, weird, or you don't you, get don't even, you just don't get it. And you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah. And then you come back to that book or that, you know, movie or that documentary, or even some sort of concept that you just couldn't resonate with. Years later, you come back to it, and you're like, "Oh my god!"
0: All of a sudden, it like, makes this sense. This is
1: this is the <laughs> holy grail. Yeah, you know, as if you've never encountered it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that was what happened with the minimalism thing. We we watched the minimalism documentary on Netflix. Um, Probably, gosh, at least five, six years ago, something like that. And this was when we were right in the hustle and bustle and grind of growing a business, wanting materialism, uh, materialistic, you know, items were obviously, you know, work hard, play hard, the whole, whole arrangement. And I watched this documentary and I thought it was like one of those weird TLC (laughs) You know, this person <laughs> sniffs bowling shoes and has a weird fetish. Like, such
0: a weird you know, analogy.
1: I I, I I thought it was weird, yeah. and I didn't get it. And it I, was I'm weird. Like, yeah. Why would these people want to live with less and and live in a little you know house with nothing in it and <laughs> and just be miserable? That's yeah. what I thought. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because to me at the time that was what I was trying to get out of. You know, I'm trying to get out of like I'm trying to grow my myself, which I thought is is primarily done materially which now I've learned is the complete opposite of happiness. Yeah. You know, so-
0: I just want to say that the, when we watch that documentary from my perspective, um, in your comparison of like watching one of those weird TLC shows where the concept kind of blows your mind, but you can't stop watching, but it's like weird and just like you're right. not right. going to live that lifestyle, yeah. but it's cool to see other people doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I thought that – when we watched the minimalism documentary the first time, I thought that these people were trying to trick themselves into thinking that less is more. and I thought that they didn't they just didn't want to work hard yeah, and just they given didn't up on life. yeah, they given up on life and they, are just pretending to try to convince themselves to be happy, but really deep down they're miserable. And so that's, that's what I thought at that point because I was just, I just couldn't even believe that people could actually be happy living a minimalist lifestyle and so you brought it up like i don't know a few months maybe six months ago or something you brought it up again and you're like oh like let's uh i don't even know how well we
1: started listening to the podcast okay we started listening to the podcast i'm like oh my god these are these people are speaking my language yeah they're talking all about it's not about um you know living under a rock and and you know collecting food stamps for groceries like it's all about spending money on things you actually want to spend money on yeah saying no to all all the marketing all the riffraff and media that's being you know forced down your throat yeah and, and just taking control of your life in, in so many ways so obviously there's the, the materialistic part but then there's the you know the spiritual part the relationship part the, the everything about life right it's all encompassing is, is, is their, their whole premise is like let's dictate this on our own let's not be at the mercy of what's being presented to us let's be the presenter. and um, so yeah that's how we started on that and um, so yeah to your point. Yeah so I you would, brought it up like, like let's, let's watch, watch this again.
0: again right okay and I'm just going to let the listeners know it's now on YouTube it's not on Netflix yeah, anymore on but you can watch it on YouTube for free. Um, really awesome documentary really interesting it's not just about getting rid of stuff and it's not about getting rid of stuff you actually love and actually brings you joy. Um, I wouldn't consider my home to be a minimalist home but I have like all my decor that I love is set up the way I like it and so I I just realized like I'm gonna stop like I don't need to keep Going to Home Sense and buying new things to clutter up my home because I like it the way that it is now. And when I bring stuff into my home now, I try to replace other things or make it really intentional with what I get. Um, but yeah, you brought up to watch it, watching this documentary again, and I was like, no, we watched it like years ago, and I don't really like. I don't want to be trying. I don't want to be told to like get rid of stuff that I like. I don't want to be told that. I shouldn't want things, or I can't have things, or it's bad to, you know, want things or buy things or whatever. I just, I had this, that's what I remembered from it the first time. And then, um, I don't know, I guess I gave in and we watched it again, and it was amazing. It was so awesome. And it was, it was a, less about the stuff than I actually realized. It was more about the mindset and the intentional living. And, you know, minimizing your actual belongings was part of it, but it wasn't the majority. And that's what I thought, like, that's what I thought the whole concept was. But now we've learned and we've been listening to the podcast and the podcast is absolutely our favorite podcast to listen to. They talk about all kinds of things. They talk about, you know, your health, your wellness, um, relationships, emotional things. Um, They talk about business and in a way that is very intentional and practical and and just really, really, really great um, advice that will actually bring you happiness. Unlike all of these companies that are marketing to you trying to trying to sell you their product or service, trying to convince you it'll bring you happiness. No, this lifestyle will actually bring you fulfillment and actually bring you happiness.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, you mentioned something there, intentional living. And so, um, of course, we touched on the intentional purchasing of items, services, products, but the intentional living is the, the main overarching objective when it comes to this. And so what intentional living means is every area of your life Um, the the choices you make, the decisions you you do are, are based on intention. So it's like, okay, I want to spend time with this person. So I'm now going to declutter or get rid of these people. I want to purchase this item. So therefore I will not purchase this item because sure, everything would be nice to have but I don't actually need that and I don't really care about that so then that doesn't matter right um, so for example with you you're, you're big on photography so we uh, made a purchase and got you um, you know the new iPhone because has an amazing camera and all and video settings and everything but for me I didn't I didn't get it right because I don't I don't take a lot of pictures right so that's a great example In the past we would have both got one every year year after year I mean, that's that's the marketing of you know Apple and you need the newest latest gadget right so mm-hmm. um, that's an example on the consumer side and and then yeah, so it just really dives into to different examples. Um, and, and that's what we'll do with you today to to get everyone to understand this this way of living. And and so it I, I love that you brought up that you enjoyed watching it the second time as much as I did because it was so funny. Like we watched this documentary again, we had already watched it, and it was like it was like brand new information. I
0: felt like a fucking idiot the second time I watched it because <laughs> I was like Clearly, I missed the memo on how awesome this was. And clearly, I was in a completely different fucking headspace or mindset that is crazy to think that I didn't enjoy it. Well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fascinating, like I said, but like, in terms of me actually implementing it, there was just no way. Like back then. And, and now when we watched it for the second time, I was like, wow, I was really out to lunch on that concept. And, uh, I'm glad that it resonates now because after we've been putting it into practice, we've really been putting it into practice this last year, even though we only rewatched the documentary within the last six months or so, but we were making, uh, intentional purchases and, and intentional decisions like all last year because we really realized that Buying all of this stuff and all of this, you know, stuff that you think that is going to make you happy, and and you know what, it does spike your dopamine for a short period of time because that's why people get in this habit of, you know, shopping online or or just going to peruse the mall aimlessly and and end up spending five hundred, a thousand bucks, um, when you weren't even planning on it, and it's it's just. It's crazy when you think about it, and it's, it's it's careless, and it just doesn't make you feel good.
1: Yeah, exactly. And why don't you share with everybody how you're a consumerism survivor? Because um, survivor. I love that you brought up the uh, the casual shopping at a mall and, and how long it's been since we've actually went to a mall or just went you know, quote unquote, shopping for the day, uh, which is the exact opposite of intentional spending, right? So think about if you had, you know, you see a Facebook ad, oh, that looks cute. And you buy it instantly. Whereas had you not went on social media and not seen that ad, you didn't buy it. Same with just shopping aimlessly in the mall. It's like, okay, uh, you know, you may, oh, I'm going to the mall because I need this one, you know, new bathing suit or something. Okay, well, go get the bathing suit and and get that because you need that. Maybe you're going on vacation or something and then leave. The aimless shopping, perusing about, like that is, that's the Complete opposite. So you used to be somebody who, obviously, as your husband, Are you gonna I know you going to call me you, out you, now. Yeah. I mean, hey, I got flaws too. I'm not perfect. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. So so you were absolutely that person, and, and uh, rightfully so. We were working hard. We were we were grinding away, building a business, working dust till dawn. And uh, if you're if you're why would you be a business owner if you're not willing to spend the fruits of your labor? Right. Um, that was our mindset for many many years. And um, so yeah, you would uh, you were you know typical female, love shopping and. So yeah, why don't you share with the listeners how far you've came in that journey and and how you overcame that?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's actually really important to share what like where I came from and what I was like before um, before I implemented new habits and stuff like that even in the previous podcast talking about you know alcohol and sugar and stuff like that the only reason I talk about it and share my opinion and my story on it is because like I struggled with it so much forever so shopping is no different Um, you know just like the, the sugar situation it's like yeah, I I ate more sugar than probably anybody. Okay, when I started my bakery business, I would just eat like I'm around candy all day. It's like you're working in Willy Wonka's fucking chocolate factory. So, um, that's a really dangerous place to be when you're not mindful and you are addicted to sugar. And so, anytime that I've, you know, overcame something, the reason why I like to share about it is because I have the contrast to compare what my mindset was then and how I felt then and what my mindset is now and how I felt now. And, you know, my purpose behind sharing it is to hopefully help bridge the gap so that, Some of our listeners will want to give some of the things a try and see how amazing their life can be and how much it can improve your life because I've noticed a huge difference for me. So shopping is no different. I was like the typical, like, Female, I love shopping. I still love shopping. I'm not going to pretend like I don't love shopping, okay? I'm not going to pretend that sugar does not taste good. Okay, it does, right? I'm not going to pretend that alcohol and wine doesn't make you feel awesome in the moment. It does. It all makes you feel good in the moment. That's why we do it, and that's why we get addicted to things, because it makes you feel good in the moment. The problem is is that it makes you feel like garbage long-term, and more frequently than the short-term dopamine effects of whatever your addiction of choice is so the shopping thing was really hard i mean it was just as hard as you know quitting alcohol or you know toning down the sugar significantly um but, I was the typical person I loved to go shopping. We would oftentimes be bored and we'd be like, "Oh, let's go to the states for the day shopping." It would always cost at least five hundred to a thousand dollars. We would always come home and ha- had spent 500 to to $1,000 in the States um, just on a casual, like, I'm bored, let's go shopping in the States uh, for the weekend yeah, to, yeah. To, to to spice things up and yeah. make it fun or... Didn't even
1: have that idea the day before.
0: Yeah, yeah just yeah. didn't, like, didn't have the idea. Didn't no intentionality. really, didn't need anything for sure. Like, I don't even, today, I don't even know what we bought, but we did that, you know, at least oh. probably once a month or so. Right. And... It's crazy. And and the, the, the problem is, is that it does make you feel good. It does bring you like entertainment and it's fun and it's exciting at the time when you're doing it. And then afterwards, you're like, you just, you don't feel good about it. You feel, even if you're not consciously aware that you feel guilty about it, you just don't feel good because it's stuff that you didn't actually want or need. Whereas when I make purchases now and it's very intentional and it's like, I actually either need this or I really love it and I really want it, right? Like for me, it's all things photography or art related. Um, I still love like clothing and, and fashion, but I really toned that down a lot because I have so many clothes like if you go into your closet and just see how many clothes that you have you just you kind of realize that you don't need another shirt that looks similar to the other five shirts that you have in your closet like once i realized that that you know i have a certain style i like leopard print i like lace i like pretty things and it's like a lot of my closet is just it's very similar style and you just I just realized that I didn't need other things that look similar because if you just post a selfie with with one shirt and it looks similar to your other shirt, like it doesn't. Nobody even notices or cares. Like you're the only one that notices what you wear. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, but yeah, it was a really big struggle, and it was. It's a gradual thing, just like anything. Like it's you have to slowly cut back on it and really learn the reason behind why you're doing that and and what it feels like and pay attention to um, the purpose and the vision that you have for yourself and just constantly reflect on how it's making you feel. And I can definitely tell you that um, shopping less feels way better because I'm not, I don't have endless clutter in my house. My space is always clean. It's always organized because I'm not constantly bringing in new things that I have to clean or dust or organize or, you know, throw in the junk drawer or whatever. And it's, it's just, it just feels nice not to have to worry about more stuff.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know how far along you've came and um, yeah, you should be super proud of yourself. And um, yeah, it's been very impressive to, to see what you've done and inspiring too. And, um, you know, I, I feel like you will inspire a lot of people that are listening to this. And and so I know for, for both of us, we've had many conversations about, um, you know, what inspires us. To live more intentionally, um, to avoid consumerism and have more of an intentional living in general, even separate from purchasing. And, you know, I know for me that the one of the main reasons is that I feel like I have the control back, right? And for so long, I felt like out of control. It was like, okay, hopefully we, you know, we, we, we make a lot of sales in our business this month and then that'll cover this or hopefully... You know, nothing will happen, and, and nothing will break down in the house. so we like you. Whereas now, I can we can intentionally set out to be like I don't need to make a million dollars of income. Like I don't need to 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 be on this um, you know rat race to more like. All I need is a base level of living, um, and I and we just we wrote down. Hey, you know, you love photography. I love running. We love travel. Like we, we enjoy these things. And as long as we can align that with our lifestyle, it doesn't need to be as expensive um, as as we think it it is, right? And so um, you know, this is the. Uh, are, Yeah, so this this is the thing that that really stumps a lot of people. They think that, okay, well, I need to make X number of dollars in order to... The only reason you think that is because you've been marketed and misled all these years, right? And so I know you and I have talked a lot about the um, the motives behind marketing companies. And I feel like that's a great topic to talk about in this.
0: it's, It's definitely the marketing of the companies. But the thing is, the underlying thing is that society needs you to have the desire to constantly work more and make more money so that it goes back into the economy. So that's like where it starts is that, you know, you go to school to get an education to get a job so that you're taught that you have to work 40 hours a week and um, all of this stuff, right, to be able to, you know, afford a house, a car, insurance, like just to function in society. So that's, that's really the underlying thing is that it's just the way that our society is set up in a capitalistic society that, um, you know, tells you that you need to make. But the thing is, is that you don't actually probably need to make as much money as what you actually think that you do need to make. Right to be able to like live a comfortable, happy lifestyle, which is actually a very interesting concept because if you just take a step back outside of the grind of things and you write down what you actually need to live off of and you do the math on how much of your time you have to trade at work to be able to afford that, is that worth it for you, right? Like if you buy uh, a $200,000 vehicle, how much do you have to work to be able to afford that? And is that a good trade for your time? Or would you rather drive a Toyota and and have tons of free time to spend with your family and friends and doing what you actually love to do? Yeah,
1: that's a great example. So let's just, just a hypothetical um, way to put this into perspective for people that are listening to wrap their heads around. So let's say you have a car payment, let's just call it, I don't know. 500 a month right and let's say you made 500 bucks um, at your job in, in two days I don't know right I'm just using round figures so if you just bought the Toyota right instead of the the lavish vehicle um, then you could hypothetically only work four days a week instead of five days a week and then now all of a sudden you have three day weekends every se- single weekend yeah. now are you making less well, no, because if you take the income and then you minus the expense and then here you go, it's actually the exact same. You still have your vehicle that gets you from point A to B. Uh, you may not look as cool as your neighbor.
0: But However, who cares? Right, if like, it gets you from A to crazy. B. I'm not talking
1: if you're a you know, yeah. car connoisseur and you live if in a If that's, what that's you your jam by all means. Go get the car that you, yeah. you know, you've been building cars from scratch with your father since you were a young kid. It's meaningful uh, you know, then. That, that. And it's meaningful. intentional. That's intentional, right? Yeah. But the, the issue is, is, you know, we were never meant to need the most lavish of things for for no reason. There's there's no like you could just say, oh, I want the best of the best of everything, right? Um, you know, and that's 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 the point we're trying to make. It's like once you realize that analogy, wait a minute, I'm trading time um, you know, for the exchange. So I'm basically sacrificing my time, which is all we have. We only have so many years on planet earth, which is undetermined. We don't know when we're going to move on. Then is that really worth it? Oh my God. When I I heard that analogy, I was like, well, like, you know, especially from grinding and and slaving away on, on our business for so many years. I was like, yeah, that is the exact thing. I do not want Whatsoever, um, because it's just I'm I'm over it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be. I traded my time for money for so many years, thinking that that was the cure for happiness, and when. You know, we were, when when COVID was happening, we were super fortunate. We were one of the businesses that were actually able to really thrive, grow and expand. And and we were the busiest, most successful we had ever been in our entire lives during COVID. And we were working dust till dawn. And we kept saying, oh man, we have so much money in the bank right now. As soon as everything opens up, we're going shopping, we're going partying, we're going traveling, we're doing the whole thing, right? And so we did do that for about a month or two. And and we thought that that would provide all the joy and happiness. And uh, like Rebecca touched on earlier in this podcast, Yes, that provided the dopamine and the rush and the hit and all that temporarily. However, once things slow down in our business, once we spent a bunch of money, once reality sets in, which it always does, you find yourself sitting there with yourself going, wait a minute, this was supposed to be the end all and be all of happiness. Why Why did that not do the trick?
0: Yeah. And once you experience that for yourself, because I feel like it's it's hard to understand until you've actually made a significant amount of money and got to spend it on whatever you wanted to and feel that dynamic. And then realize that, okay, now I have to keep working at that level to be able to sustain that lifestyle that I thought that I wanted. And you realize how not worth it, it actually is because you're trading your time for that. Like we had no time for friends or family or anything like that when we were grinding and hustling. And not only no time, no fucking energy at all for anything aside from work and hustle in our business. And so when you have that comparison, you can be really confident in your decision to not go down that road. Uh, Like I literally will not go down that road ever again. As soon as anything starts to feel like a grind or like I am, if it starts to feel like work, I'm out. I'm not doing it. I'm only doing things that I love to do. And that means yes I have to make money I don't I I do love money but I love to be able to spend it on things that are intentional because it makes me feel better about it right but I will not be trading my time for money in and of itself it has to be of purpose and of value to me for me to find it worth it especially at this point and especially after um, experiencing, you know, having a lot of success and stuff like that and and realizing and comparing it to like, that was basically during COVID, that was an example of, yeah, we could make as much money as we wanted to if we maintained that level of business. And it, it the, the appeal of it wore off so fucking fast, I can't even tell you. So having that comparison was a blessing, I would say. And then when we realized that, yeah, I'm not willing to to do that ever again, I'm not willing to work, you know, that long and that hard and be disrespected by, you know, bitchy customers here and there because the shade of their cake color is wrong. Like, I, it just, you just can't pay me enough money to, you know, do that and go through that. It's just not, it's not sustainable for yeah, anybody. No, that's
1: it, right? So the, you know, the, the amount of hours that you have to put in for that. I mean, this is why you hear you know typical workaholic, you know, they got issues with drugs and alcohol, or they're, you know, wife divorces them. Because you need a coping
0: mechanism to sustain that lifestyle. That's the thing that people don't talk (laughs) about is that you need those things. You need alcohol, you need sugar, you need food, you need, um, you know, fast food, you need shopping, you need whatever to be able to like cope and medicate yourself in a way to be able to sustain that kind of lifestyle. That's why, you know, so many celebrities and stuff like that that make all kinds of money have addiction issues. Because in order to like live that kind of lifestyle, you you need those coping mechanisms. Like it's it they just yeah, go for It's
1: just go 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 right. Yeah. And So um, so yeah, I mean when we we went through this, and you know, the, like if there's any business owner that, that's listening this, or anybody who's you know workaholic or has went through the corporate ladder, and you know you you realize that you know. There's if, no
0: end in sight. When you,
1: when you think like, okay, someday in the future, because because why are you doing this, right? It's like, it's always about, oh, someday when this, then I'll be happy. And that was <clears throat> that was what we always said. It was like, okay, as soon as we, you know, we built it to a million, says, okay, as soon as we get two million, you know, then we'll be, okay, maybe 10 million. Or, you know, once we have 10 stores instead of four, and once we, it's always some future thing, right? But then the problem is, is that, <clears throat> you know, you're not being present. You're not being intentional. You're not living in the moment. You're not doing anything based on what you truly feel. So once you, you know, basically when I had this realization with with consumerism, I realized, you know, I've been lied to. I've been, I, I grew up in a society of technology and of, you know, advertising down my throat of uh, of what, uh, you know, I, I should be. I need to hustle. I need to grind. I need to, you know, this will make me happy. This will be the... Canadian dream. I joke. I always him. say
0: the American Mexico dream. Chad's like you're not even American, yeah, but that's American. just what people say. Yeah, <laughs> say Live in the an American, dream. American dream. In Canada.
1: <laughs> in uh, Canada so yeah. so yeah, so this is the whole thing, right? And so when you when you reach the Canadian dream and you realize that it's not all that you've been cracked out to be, you, you you're like a kid who finds out that Santa Claus isn't real. you like, You lied to me.
0: Yeah. You just exactly. Me. You I feel this is crazy.
1: So that's, in essence, kind of what happened. And we realized that this is this is nuts. This is no way to live. You know, what will happen is, yeah, we will have 10 stores and we'll have 10 million and we'll have, you Once know, you, the yeah, half a million dollar think, car. And then we're going, to be, we're going to be making 20 million a year and we're going to be spending 19.999 yeah, million a year. Exactly. And if at any point, yeah, we're not working as hard as, as that level needs to sustain, which is only sustainable for so long, there's no joy in that.
0: No, right? exactly. And yeah. that's the, that's the biggest lesson is that when you are on that, um, treadmill to, to constantly wanting more and needing more, you need to be able to spend more to be able to compensate and make yourself feel like the work that you're doing is giving you the reward that you deserve for the amount of work that you're putting in. And that kind of dynamic is so. Dangerous, and it's so not fucking fun. And once you realize that your expenses increase along with the money that you're making, you you're just. I remember we watched this Netflix documentary about that guy that talks about budgeting and stuff. And I'm not typically into these um, financial. Documentaries, but that the guy Ramit or whatever, yeah. um, I forget what his documentary was called, but I thought it was really good. And he, sh- he, he spoke to everybody from different demographics of making different amounts of money. And you just wouldn't believe that people making like $2 million a year or whatever, like in take home income that live paycheck to paycheck because their expenses also yeah, increase with their, you know, draw, like with their, um, income and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it blew my mind to, to, to realize that. And once I realized that it was like, it's so true, that's exactly where it's going. Like that's literally where it was going. So, um, once you make that connection and realize that, The companies that are marketing to you trying to tell you that you need to drive a Mercedes or, um, you know, upgrade your house every couple of years or, you know, all of these things that were told. Yeah. Like, um, all the high end things, like the designer brands that, you know, really it's a, it's a fucking t shirt. It's like, you know, I understand if if fashion and designer brands are your thing, but most of the time they're not people's things. And most of the time people are buying them because they want to make themselves feel important or feel special or feel loved, which I get that. It's hard. Everybody just wants to be loved and feel like they're important and stuff like that. But um, the, the the brands and the marketing and stuff is, is insane. And they're just preying on your emotions and they're taking your money and you're trading your time for... The product that they're selling and their motives are not to provide benefit or value to you, although they will try to convince you of that, of course, and their marketing, they're not Not going to tell you that. But just be a smart, aware consumer and realize that they're preying on your emotions and they're trying to get in your pocket in however they can. They don't have your best interest in mind. We talked about this a little bit in our last podcast with Mm -hmm. the food companies. Um, But, you know, any company in general that is for profit is for profit. It's not for you. It's for profit.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, um, you know, obviously a big thing you this year, um, just in general, since I've known you, is authenticity. And so all that stuff is inauth- inauthentic, right?
0: It is fundamentally. You know? It really is. And, you know, I I would always preach like, well, if you believe in the product and service that you're selling, it's going to make people like it's going to enhance people's lives and, and stuff like that. And I mean, that is the best of the worst mindset to have for sure. But when it comes down to it, the reason why I had to really get out of the marketing and branding and, and, you know, I do, I do love it to a certain degree as long as I feel like aligned with the the product or the service. But at the end of the day, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit there and say like, Hey, if you come stay at this Airbnb, because I've been doing a lot of, you know, marketing and stuff for, for Airbnbs and, and things like that, but it's all super genuine. I'm not going to go to an Airbnb that I genuinely didn't like and be like, you guys have to stay here. da, 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 da. Like I just, I'm not going to do that. And also I'm not going to tell you that that's going to make your life better. I'm just going to share what I liked about it. And if you go, you go. And if you don't, you don't. I don't care either way because I I don't genuinely don't have hidden intentions with it. Um, but these bigger companies do. And pretty much any company that does marketing or branding does because the whole point of it is to produce sales and increase the sales at whatever um, expense or cost it is to the consumer. They don't give a fuck. And I will say some brands are better than others. They definitely cover up their... Um, for profit motives a lot better than others. But at the same time, you just need to call it what it is. And it's not to make you feel bad about it. But it's about, it's all about making you aware of it. Right? So it's the same thing with, you know, eating sugar or processed foods. Don't try to tell yourself that, oh, this is this is healthy because it has, you know it has sugar, but it doesn't have fat. Just say what it is. It's not healthy for you. I'm putting it into my body and I realize that this is not good for me. And um, but I'm gonna eat it, I'm gonna have a treat. but the more that you acknowledge it and be real and honest about it, the better it'll be for you because then all of a sudden you're not lying to yourself. You're not trying to um, manipulate it to be something that it's not. Just say what it is, right? If you're going to the mall and you want to spend money to make yourself feel better and do the whole retail therapy situation, just say what it is. Don't be like, Don't try to make yourself feel better by being like, oh, you know, I haven't shopped in a long time, so I need to go get some jeans. And now I'm all all of a sudden buying winter coats and it's springtime. And like, don't make a whole story out of it. Just be like, you know what? I need to go get some retail shopping, retail therapy. I, you know, I am I know that it's not like the best habit to be in, but I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna do it and just call it what it is, right? Whenever I have dessert or I eat sugar, I'm not trying to convince myself that it's healthy in any way. I'm like, this tastes good. It's sugar. Uh, I'm not going to eat it tomorrow. I'm not going to eat it for the next week probably. But I'm acknowledging that it's not good for me, not good for my body, has zero benefit whatsoever, but I'm simply just eating it and it just is what it is. So the more you hold yourself accountable and just say what it actually is without trying to cover it up and make it be something that you're that it's not to make yourself feel better the more confident you'll be and the more intentional you'll be able to be with your with everything in life
1: yeah no absolutely and um i love that you said that about just owning it and and not um you know not going down the rabbit hole of continuing that behavior. So yeah, don't like try to make it
0: seem sugar, something you're going that it's shopping,
1: not. You're doing something that, you know, like just own it, admit it. And then don't continue to do that week after week in the months that follow and be like, Oh, I had a bad month or I fell off or whatever. It's like, you know, Hey, we all make mistakes or we're all doing things that, um, just, just, own it and then so better yet down the road if you can actually figure out the underlying issue why do you need retail therapy exactly so clearly there's something going on there's something missing in your life yeah there's some void there's some unease some unhappy there's something missing because you as you learn to be more present you should be able to understand that there's something about your day-to-day life that that is not yes um, 100 because that's where all these external which is what Rebecca and I have really learned a lot about the last couple of years. All these external forces that are vices that people want to latch onto that they think will provide happiness. And the problem with those things is that, yes, they will provide happiness, but only temporarily. And there's typically some sort of consequence or an expense. Uh, you just end up feeling worse about it later. After the fact. Right? And so,
0: just like any addiction or ha- negative habit, it's always about identifying the problem first and just even if you keep doing it, but you identify the problem, like that is a great step in the right direction, okay? Because so many people just go through the motions and they just rationalize the shit out of their lives and it is so bad to do that. It makes you feel like shit and it depletes your confidence. It really, really does. So identify the problem, call it what it is. I'll use alcohol as an example because it's a very obvious, great example. Um, If your... And I did this for like a year before I actually quit alcohol because I didn't envision myself ever quitting alcohol. Like I just loved, like I loved wineries. I loved the whole, you know, wine and cheese and social aspect of it. Um, so I cut back a lot before I actually quit alcohol. But part of me cutting back was identifying that this wasn't healthy for me, regardless of what studies you want to read and want to believe. Okay. It's not healthy for you. I am consciously putting poison and toxic stuff into my body. Um, and I'm willingly doing that and I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and feel like shit, I'm going to be dehydrated I'm probably going to have a headache tomorrow I'm probably going to feel depressed for the next three days because alcohol is a depressant um, all of these things so I would constantly do that when I was c- cutting back on wine consumption because I, I would just be like Yes, I'm going out tonight. I'm going to have a few glasses of wine. These are the consequences. I'm not going to tell myself that um, you know, red wine has antioxidants in it because so do blueberries and what's the better choice? Okay. That's awesome. Um, I love that. but it's true because so many times we just we use like certain things or cling to these certain things that make us feel better because we're rationalizing it and being like, "Oh, my doctor said, Two glasses of wine a day is completely healthy and normal. Well, no, it's not. It's not healthy. And normal is relative to what you want to think that normal is. So, you know, you can rationalize anything and be like, well, my doctor said it was fine. It's like, well, yeah, it's not going to kill you tomorrow, but it's not good for your long-term health. And just being aware of the fact that you're putting a poison in your body because that's what alcohol is – it, it, it just makes you feel different when you're doing it, right? And, and if it makes you feel bad, and it makes you feel a little guilty, so be it. Like, it's it's part of identifying, like, what you want to put in your body or how you want to feel is to to sometimes feel bad about it and not try to Rationalize and and think that everything is okay, or it's not so bad, or comparing yourself to so and so who drinks a two for every weekend. Well, I'm not as bad as so and so because I only have two glasses of wine a day, and it's like, yeah, you can do that all day long. But at the end of the day, is that going to change your life? Is that going to make you feel better? Is you know what I mean? I don't think so. And I think
1: you know the the hugest thing for me is the the freedom like in learning all these concepts, like the interconnectivity of all of this stuff just so many facets of life like has just been so liberating for me so i think about you know consumerism and, and you know how i felt like i was manipulated and lied to all these years and that you know i don't need all these things they don't actually bring me happiness these the freedom of choice are, yeah they're preying on my you know emotions or, or my uh, Lack of what I don't have, so that I need it. So there's that, and then there's the you know uh, industrialism of, of career choice or, or, or famili- family. Family, um, you know, you should be a doctor because your dad was a doctor. Okay, well now I need to do this, or you know I need to like. There's so many ways of looking at this, and yeah, food too. Like, who's got the hidden motive? Right is. This product's healthy because they, they have a marketing company that um, they pay big money to um, present the package to look healthy. And then they mask all the ingredients that are on the back of the label. And so, how it,
0: inauthentic and sketchy is that? Like right? fundamentally, yeah. you know, I know I understand why they do it, yeah. but fundamentally, it is it's inauthentic. Terrible.
1: It's just terrible, right? And so, there's so many. So, if you think about who has the, the hidden agenda and you and you dict and you wake up each day and you go about your days and your weeks and you navigate life and, and every external thing in this world that you encounter you go what's the hidden agenda and, and you do it in a graceful way too it's not about being like oh everybody's out to kill me I'm like no. I mean, you don't want to be a negative person exactly either. you can certainly take that too far yeah. but at the same time you go wait a minute no i'm a grown adult now i'm looking to to create a better Uh, Future for myself and my family. And a great deal in that liberation and that freedom that I'm referring to is by having that intentionality
0: from and the freedom from the to make your I own buy, choices the freedom
1: from the things that i i purchase the freedom for the things that i want to purchase genuinely the relationships that i want to form in my life the relationships that i don't want in my yeah. life the food i want to put in my body the food that i do not want to put in my body the alcohol like i said oh the strawberry flavored beer oh it must be good there's strawberries in it all these flavored alcohols, they're just putting flavor in it because it's a toxin and they're trying to make it taste good so that it's palatable. It's it's horrendous. And 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 so I mean, obviously we could go on and on about every component of life that's like that, but but yeah, I mean this is the intentionality that that I in a very graceful way, you know, like once again to bring it back in so you don't go down the negative hole with it, which you could, is it is that grace to just be like, wow, like Everybody can do what they want to do. That's fine to each their own. But for me, I'm choosing freedom. I'm choosing intentionality. I'm choosing, I'm not lying to myself like what Rebecca was saying. I'm not making these bullshit rationalizations that I did, you know, for many, many years that made myself feel better when I knew deep down that I was just bullshitting myself and everyone around me. And that's when true liberation can start to take place. So uh, that for me has been the the biggest eye-opener of all and and that's where i'm starting to find true happiness which is just incredible
0: yeah so and i think um for the listeners just to to give like some thought into this like and how you can compare it to your life right now is ask yourself go into your closet and pull out any old shirt just blindfold yourself and pull out an item of clothing and ask yourself how did you feel when you bought this item right? You probably felt excited or you're probably like, oh, on a shopping spree because you're emotional or whatever. Um, and how do you feel about it now? You probably don't give a fuck about it now. Okay, you probably are like, yeah, I bought the when I bought this, I was excited for it. I haven't even worn it. The tags are still on it a year later. How do I feel about it now? Well, I may as well donate it, because I'm not going to wear it. Um, your, your emotional state has completely changed from now until the from the moment that you bought it, right? You got your dopamine hit, you're probably excited about it for maybe maybe three days. And then all, and then all of a sudden, it's just collecting dust in your closet, right? How many items in your home can you do that to? Just look around the the place that you're in right now. Look around your car. What kind of items do you have lying around? How excited were you when you bought, you know, that that purse or or those pair of shoes or whatever? And then and now that you've had them for an extended period of time and the is worn off, how do you feel about them now? You want a new one. So that's just a never ending cycle versus think about something that you actually do love for, I'll just use, for example, my, um, my camera for photography. Like I love that because I use it all the time. And every time I use it, I have fun when I'm using it. Um, it brings me closer to people that I get to photograph and provide them with valuable memories and it's an art form for me and I love it. So yes, I spent a lot of money on that like 5, 10 years ago. when I bought that when we lived in St. Thomas. That was a fucking long-ass time ago. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, I get excited to use it. But how many things in your life can you truly, truly, truly say that for? Not a lot and certainly not everything that you spent money on. So super important. And so the last thing that I want to bring up here is um, marketing to children and vulnerable populations um, because it was my birthday yesterday. So, let's just start this by saying that uh, it was my birthday yesterday. I just turned 36 years old and uh, we celebrated with uh, a couple of friends and my one girlfriend has a birthday the day before mine. So, we got to celebrate together. Um, we exchanged little gifts and she got me a Stanley Cup, which like, like these super cute little um cups to put water in. Okay. Very trendy. And my friend that bought this for me, she is not like, she's not the typical person, like what you think of when you think of a Stanley cup. Okay. She just literally loves the cup and she is passionate about health and wellness and drinking a lot of water. So it just genuinely came from a very genuine place. And I, I know I'm going to love the cup. I already know that I'm going to love it because it's super cute. It fits on your cup holder. It keeps your water really cold. And I just, it's pretty. I know I'm going to love it. So that's, that's that. But um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's such a great example of marketing and making you think that you need a fucking cup to feel special because all the influencers on social media have a fucking Stanley Cup. I'm not talking about like the hockey Stanley Cup, like, you know, the influencer Stanley Cup. Okay. And it's just crazy to me because I, every single influencer that you watch on social media has one, they just walk around with it, like, as if it's part of their body, pretty much (laughs) wardrobe. Yeah. And the problem comes in when it makes people that don't have one feel less than because they don't have one. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because ironically, this morning, Chad shows me a post from I think it was Virgin Radio or one of the radio stations on social media. And they had a post about a debatable topic saying that, um, one of the listeners was saying that, oh, my kid is getting bullied in school because she doesn't have a Stanley Cup and all of her friends have one and she's getting seriously bullied for it. And my husband and I don't know what to do. We she have- had a no-name one, I think it was. What it
1: was yeah she
0: had stuff. just a regular fucking water bottle which okay it still carries water <laughs> it's still like it's just i can't even believe we're having this conversation Provides the So the same ridiculous. Hydration
1: as the other bottle the
0: yeah drink. she has a no-name stanley cup god forbid and um she's getting bullied for it so this is marketing at its finest gone wrong it's terrible and the fact that Uh, it affects kids in this way because social media plays a huge, huge role now, um, in what kids are being influenced by and what they think they feel like they need to feel important or feel loved or accepted by their peers. And I just think it is absolutely out of hand. Chad showed me this post this morning and I'm like, oh my God. And so the parents were like, we have differing opinions. Like, like, should I just buy her one so she can fit in or, or not? And I, I am team not like as hard as it is to maybe go through, um, that situation it like what does that teach your kid when you are like giving into something where it's like just teach the lesson of it's a fucking water bottle and let's just like call it what it is and um yeah I just I don't know it just really bothered me because I I can I can see both sides of it and I was like yeah on the other hand Maybe just buy her, uh, you know, the $50 water bottle. I don't, I don't actually know how much it is because I got it as a gift, but I'm just using it as an example. Like just buy her a $50 water bottle and then she'll stop getting bullied. But the problem is she won't stop getting bullied because she's not learning how to stand up for herself, We're how to have surprised. the confidence. Um, and it's only a matter of time before she doesn't have a Louis Vuitton handbag in high school. And all of her friends have Louis Vuitton handbags in high school. And, um, most people can't afford a Louis Vuitton bag in high school. So, you know, teaching the kids the skills of consumerism and the negative impacts like that is so, so crucial. And if you let it, it can really spiral the self-esteem out of control. Right. And I think it's really, really dangerous. Do you have anything to add to that?
1: No, it's spot on, right? And so I mean it does start when you're a kid and, and that's kind of the thing, right? It's like if the if the parents of that of that child are wrapped up in the consumeristic world, and her mom has the Gucci bag and the whole thing. Yeah. Whatever, then, then yeah, of course, she's going to buy her the Stanley thing, and they're just going to be like, you know, getting caboodle, walking around, and hand in hand and partner, right? But th- that's the thing. It's like it you have to be the lesson and the example. And you know, for many years, I wasn't that, and neither were you. And we've learned these things. It's like anything in life—you learn, you grow, you evolve. But I mean once you once you realize that you weren't the ones making those decisions and you were being you're living in a society where these decisions are being perpetuated down your throat and you don't want to live that life anymore i mean you get you, you get your life back you get your freedom back and that's yeah. something for me that I, I just thoroughly enjoy
0: right now definitely and if you think about it if you have a conversation like with that kid and you're like you're like how is this going to impact your life like what is going to make this water bottle better than your current water bottle when it's just the brand name? name of something and have a really in-depth conversation and have them lay it out exactly what is going to improve their lifestyle from having it. And if it's something that they really think that they want, um, I think a good lesson to learn is that, uh, okay, well, you have to work X amount of chores around the house or doing whatever in order to earn that and if it's something that you really want i'm not going to buy it for you and you can buy it yourself like that's the kind of mentality that i would have around that um but i definitely don't think giving in to something just for the sake of lessening the blow of bullying which i do understand like as a parent that would be really 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 hard to like watch and stuff but it is an opportunity for a lesson and if you don't interject uh at that point it's just gonna get worse in high school and adulthood and all of a sudden then you just have a human walking around that has no self-confidence and no awareness around the fact that uh, material items do not equate to your self-worth self-worth as a human
1: hey matt that's it
0: we love to connect with our listeners. My website is rebeccahamiltonco.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and share it and tag us on social media. You can find me at Rebecca Hamilton Co. And Chad is at Chad Runs. And if you have a show or a podcast, we would love to be a guest and share our story with your audience and help get more people inspired to live authentically thanks for listening this is scrap the sweet talk with chad and rebecca hamilton